Hello, and welcome to our podcast, What Makes Them Tip? Innovations that changed everything, where we hear from business leaders and entrepreneurs about the moment, insight, or inspiration that made everything possible, and ultimately push them over the tipping point. I'm Mike Strada, founder and CEO of Arcalea, where we inspire business change by introducing data science, formal analytics, and provide implementation from marketing. Moneyball for growth-oriented businesses, we say success is now a science. Stay with us, and at the end of the show, we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in the industry. And with that, let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of What Makes Them Tip, Entrepreneurial Innovations That Changed Everything. I'm your host, Timmy Bauer, and my guest today is Eric Huberman. He's the founder and CEO of Hawk Media. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's it's exciting to talk to you. Um, you have a killer uh, just brand uh, presence. Uh, your website looked awesome. <laughs> your video is really funny. Um, let's talk for anybody who's listening who's unfamiliar. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about your what your company and what you do. Sure. Uh, company is Hawk Media. Basically, we're an outsourced CMO and marketing team to brands. So we go into different brands of all sizes, identify where the holes are in their marketing game, and then spin up a team a la carte in month to month to basically plug in those things. So the, the thesis behind the brand is to create accessibility to great marketing. So top-notch people at what they do, all different types of marketing, uh, and really easy to work with. So yeah. that's we're about 170 people. Uh, in twenty now twenty one different states around the country and managed marketing for about five hundred and fifty brands. What year did you guys start? Uh, two thousand fourteen. Two thousand fourteen. Okay, so tell tell me the origin story of the company. Sure. Uh, so background: I built three different e commerce companies, sold two of them, and two thousand sold the last one in July of two thousand thirteen or June or July. I think it was June actually, because I took about a week off to go to Mexico. And then in July, started uh, taking on consulting clients because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do next. So I started advising for a few companies. And uh, I was also working on a tea company, whole other story. I didn't even drink caffeine, still really don't. But I wanted to create a fitness and health tea company. Why? Because uh, I, I saw, I, my last company was an activewear brand. And I saw in Australia, it was getting super popular, like fitness and health okay. and like cleanse teas, things like that. And I met a tea manufacturer that was willing to give me the product on uh, basically um, consignment almost. Like I didn't have to put any upfront money in so I could launch it. So I was working on that while also advising for these companies. And I started to see how hard it was for brands to actually get access to great marketing talent. Like most of the people I knew that were good at what they did in marketing didn't want to commute to East LA to work for this activewear manufacturer or, you know, go live in Boise, Idaho, or whatever it is. Boise is pretty, but you get the picture. It's like they wanted to be where they were and didn't want to go to these companies. And even if they were local, it was still like, do I really want to go run marketing for a real estate agency? Like if I'm really good at marketing? Not really. So a lot of companies had a lot of trouble getting good talent. So you go to agencies, but 99% of the agencies out there are full of shit. And the few that are good only want to work with the Fortune 2000. So I just kept seeing over and over again how hard the landscape was to navigate marketing side. And I wanted to create something that was like, again, super flexible and nimble and easy to work with, but in cost effective, but also really top tier talent. And so started with what I called my SWAT team, my little team of seven people, each with their own expertise. And originally the the thesis wasn't going to be like a global business. It was like, I'm just going to solve this while I launch my tea company. And then the moment I launched, it was like, 
everybody needed it. It started to grow quickly. And I was like, oh, there's something here. Maybe I should focus on this. And I think that this pain point was as big as I was frustrated with. It's actually a sizable pain point, not just something I can solve for these few businesses, but for a lot of businesses. Yeah, I love that. Why Hawk Media? Uh, Originally, I was going to call it Growth Hacker Group. And a guy that runs another agency that's still a good friend today told me, I just signed a contract with Walmart. Do you think they'd ever put their name on a contract with something that said hacker on it? Like, keep it simple. Don't get cute. Like just name it something you like. And I grew up in a small town called Ojai up by Santa Barbara and always loved red-tailed hawks. And so literally was just sitting in bed looking on GoDaddy and was like, is Hawk Media available? Normal spelled correctly wasn't. Well, what if I add an E? Oh, that worked. And then realized little side note, growing up, um, I, again, I had no, there was no vision and business plan of making this a, you know, hundred million dollar business. Like it's become like, it was like, yeah. I'm going to, you know, throw this out there and like work with a few brands, but I'm going to name it something. So that it's not just called Huberman media. And I have to deal with every phone call that comes in. Um, but then, uh, I also realized that Hawk with an E growing up, my mom coached me to say my name's Eric with a K like uh-huh. just cause nobody would ever spell it right. But I actually thought as a little kid, my name was actually Eric with a K like with a K was my last name. <laughs> and so if you look at the initials, it's actually Eric with a K Huberman jumbled around as Hawk with an E. So I just, oh, little fun side sweet. note that I was like, that's cool. Okay, I'll go with this. Called a college friend. She designed the logo exactly how I wanted it. It's been slightly tweaked, but it's pretty much the same. And that was it. So in following your friend's advice to not be cute, you made something very cute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Touche. But something that actually I don't we haven't actually signed a contract with Walmart yet but something that I think they would sign on yeah, absolutely <laughs> absolutely is outsourcing CMO is that a normal business uh, is that no. very unique yeah there's not really an agency there's companies that bring in CMO consultants uh, there are definitely fractional CMOs that are individuals which are usually great partners to us but there's not really an agency that we actually own the trademark on your outsource CMO Like it wasn't, it's not a big thing. We were number one ranked on outsource CMO. Like that was something we coined. And that came from when I was starting, I hated agencies. I hated all of them. So I didn't want to be an agency. I get that I fall into that bucket, but I was like, no, 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 we're different because we come in from a strategic level. So I'm not just here to sell you Facebook ads. I'm here to figure out how to grow your business. So we're not really an agency. We're more of like an outsourced CMO. Like my job is to figure out how to grow and then implement the things that you need to grow. It could be Facebook, could be web design, could be email marketing, could be whatever. That's my job. And so I always coin. And so I started, I used different phrases. I said, marketing consultancy, marketing this, that. And when I started saying outsourced CMO, I saw people's eyes light up. Like they got it. People that knew what a CMO was understood immediately what I was trying to create. And so that quick phrase of where you're outsourced CMO became kind of the real good. It's real tight. It is. And it also became what other people said about us. So the word Mm -hmm. of mouth kicked off where it's like, oh, you need marketing help. You should talk to Hawk Media. They're like your outsourced CMO. And that it was easy to articulate versus they're a marketing agency, which every single entrepreneur has a bad experience with a marketing agency. I didn't want to be thrown into that bucket. Yeah. How's the tea company doing? So I shelved it after two months. Um, we launched it in January. It made 30 grand between January and February, which was great uh, with no real investment. And then uh, the Hawks started awesome. to take off. So I was like, well, I don't have time to do this. Let's wait. And we had a bunch of fraudulent charges come through that cost me a few thousand bucks. And I was like, this sucks. Let's just hold off for a second. And then at one point, the guys at FabFitFun offered to buy it for 50 grand, but they had to operate it for a month. And then they'd pay me if they liked it which was like, I I should have said yes to, because why not? But I said no to. And then to this day, oh no, they're still sitting in our office. I have the like last three cans of it, but 
trash the rest of it. <laughs> um, you said uh, Hawk Media started in 2014? Correct. How, how, what are some of the big innovations that have happened since then for you? Things that you've done differently? So, I mean, honestly, not it's all incremental. There hasn't been like a point where like it was, it was innovative at the very beginning, being a month to month agency, every agency, I, I, you know, was able to be introduced to a bunch of like big agency owners and all of them like, you're nuts. You're never going to be able to be, you can't predict revenue. How can you run that? And I came from running fashion companies. So I was like, I I didn't have contracts on selling pants. Like I had to just hope that customers kept buying them because they were good. And I had numbers and metrics to prove that. And it played out. So I built my business more almost like a consumer business from a marketing and revenue standpoint. So agencies just that it's so hard to comprehend. And that we continue to basically build that model and double down on how we were going to build this, not how it's normally done in an agency. And so, you know, we now have a full proprietary software system that helps us manage it efficiently that we built ourselves. We have, we just run things very differently from another agency. And so continuing to go down that path and stick with, to our guns has actually been the innovative piece because we've just, we've stuck with it. We haven't needed to pivot. We haven't needed to adjust much. We had to adjust like, again, incrementally, like we went remote in March because of COVID, but it yeah. turned out we were, but we had the infrastructure to do it anyway. So it's been great. We're, you know, we've added services, we've bought agencies. So we've learned about M&A and we've bought agencies to fill holes that we had. We've, um, including like territory holes as well as like new services that we wanted to provide. Um, we had to, obviously, it, it's all this incremental stuff. Like I had to, I was 85% of our revenue was driven by me three and a half years into business. About $7 million was coming from me. And the other 15% was coming from my sales team. And I literally at that point was like, well, this is not sustainable nor scalable. So I got to make a change. And we, I basically stopped selling. I passed it off to our sales team and hoped for the best. We dipped for a couple months. And then I figured out it forced me to train them, work with them and make them better. And we started to figure out a sales process. So it's like things like that, that none of them were like massive changes. It was just incremental. Like we have to do this to get here. And we did it. Yeah. Other than uh, just a word of mouth um, explosion, uh, people discovering or you discovering this was a real need, what would you attribute to uh, be the tipping point of success for you? So I will say that it was right away. Um, the tipping point was doing it. Um, yeah. And that's not usual. I mean, I, I get where you're going from on the podcast, but um, what it, it was a perfect blend of no, there weren't many people in LA that had built and sold to e-commerce companies. There also were almost no people in LA that had built and sold to e-commerce companies that then were down to advise for other brands. On top of that, every brand in that was 2014 or 2013 is really when I started consulting. Every brand was starting to come to terms with the fact that like you can't ignore digital. Like it's starting to become a real thing. And even though that doesn't feel like a long time ago, e-commerce was I think like three four percent of sales at that point. Just to uh, you know compared to this year where it was 30. So it, it was a small market. And so there were brands didn't necessarily have to pay attention to it that much. Um, and they, but they were starting to realize it was going to be something. And so I had more credibility than anyone in the city that was doing what I was doing. And, and so, and I had enough of a network and reputation that I was able to start generating. And then it was just doing the work, actually knowing what we were doing, which we were able to complete that work. We were able to perform and deliver And then it started to grow from there. What's something from your entrepreneurial journey here that you would want listeners to take home? Uh, Yeah. So I'd say the biggest one is you've got to be in entrepreneurship because you love doing it. 
because there have been years that I made no money. There have been years that I made obscene amounts of money. There have been years, I mean, we've been offered to sell the thing many times for more than I could retire off, like more than I need to retire. And I will tell you that like, if, if I was just doing this because I thought that I wanted to get rich, I would have burnt out a long time ago and probably never made it to those retirement offers that I still didn't take because you also start to realize that once you kind of have a baseline of wealth that you make enough money to like buy the house you want, the car you want, et cetera, like you don't need more. And if you don't need more, why am I selling? Like, why do I need a hundred million dollars? What, what the, f- and I just had this conversation I said before with uh, the founder of Lenny and Larry's who made hundreds of millions of dollars on that sale. And I was like, and then what happened the next day? He's like second worst day of my life after, because he sold the company twice. Like first worst day, the first time I sold it, second worst day, the second time I sold it. Guy's worth hundreds of millions. And he's like, I'd rather give it back and take the company back. Like, it changed nothing. He invested in a few pieces of real estate. He is, he has the same car he had before he sold the same house he had. Like yeah. you really, you start to realize that. And so it, it's about the, intra- and the reason I think that's important is not because like, well, yeah, of course he has tons of money, whatever. It's more about like, understand that the worst day of his life was when he gave up the business and made hundreds of millions of dollars. Like, yeah. So what's driving is- you? Do you just like making Love successful it. businesses? Yeah, I, I I am addicted to growing businesses and I get to grow my own business by growing others. So I love, I did it today a couple of times, getting on the phone with clients and figuring out their business problems while figuring out my own problems, while working with my head of sales, my head of partnerships, my head of marketing, my head of services, head of client success. Like what are all the problems we can solve? And then watching the, you know, the outcome, like, oh, look, like we did this and now look at our business. Like this month already in December is our record month period for Hawk Media coming out of pandemic when we lost 25% of our business in April. Like we were able to meet that challenge, do really well. And did it actually do anything? Like, did I go out and buy a bunch of shit? No. Like, is there anything like it's not, that wasn't what it's about. It's literally the intrinsic value. And the difference between extrinsic and intrinsic is I think what drives a successful entrepreneur, whether it's the major ones, Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, they're not yep. doing it because they want to, or I guess did it with Steve Jobs. They don't do it because they want to buy something. They do it because they love the game. And so yeah. if you're getting into entrepreneurship, you got to love the game because if you don't get a good job, you're going to be happier. Because <laughs> yeah. with all the glamour and everything that comes with entre- entrepreneurship, you will go through some shit. And <laughs> if you don't love the game, it will be the, it'll be the end of you. Whether and I hate to say this, but it's true. Suicide's high in entrepreneurship. Burnout is really high in entrepreneurship. Failure is really high in entrepreneurship. And if you're not in it for the long haul because you love the game, you're not gonna like it's it, you. People do. Don't get me wrong. There are very many people. There are not very many people. There are people that get lucky. They jump on something. Two years later, they sell it. They make enough money. Like that happens very rarely. And the expected value of that, the like logical outcome is you're gonna fail. So like, if you're going to get into entrepreneurship, be true to yourself that you're going to like, you're in it because you love being an entrepreneur and not because you think you're going to go exit for $20 million because the chances of that are slim to none. Yeah. Agreed. Eric, how can listeners connect with you? Uh, every, any social media platform at or slash Eric Huberman, you want TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. I like, I started with TikTok on purpose and, you know, hip 34 year old. <laughs> I love it. Are you active on TikTok? Like, are you making stuff? I, I'm starting to be, uh, I have, I, so I ended up, we've been doing some work with the Sway House guys who are like the b- biggest male stars at TikTok. And so they sent me a sweatsuit that I was like, all right, well now I have to make a TikTok video with the sweatsuit. So I did my first one, but now I've been posting, we have our own podcast, Hawk Talk. And we've been, uh, I've been posting clips from that on TikTok to see if it goes anywhere. Is that getting anywhere? 
Uh, not really. Not on TikTok, but we'll yeah. see what happens. <laughs> okay. Interesting. All right. Love it. Thanks for being on the show, Eric. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to our show, What Makes Them Tip, innovations that changed everything. If you're an entrepreneurial leader and you'd like to share the inspiration that changed everything in your business or venture, please visit arcalea.com slash guest and a small request. If you've liked this interview, please help us out by sharing this episode with a friend or on social with the hashtag Arcalea. You can also help us out right now by providing a review in your podcast player and a thumbs up or rating review would help a ton. We promise to read every word and it helps us improve a little bit each day. And while you're at it, please also subscribe because every week you're going to be inspired and learn from other leaders in bite-sized increments. Again, my name is Mike Strada. Let's connect either on social or stay up to date on all things business at arcalea.com. Thanks again for listening and thank you for being part of the over 99% of America's firms that make up the entrepreneurial community. Until next time.